Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Flash number 163. Cover date, August 1966. Cover price, 12 cents. Cover artists, Carmine Infantino and Joe Giella. Edited by Julius Schwartz. Featuring The Flash Stakes His Life on You. Written by John Broom. Art by Carmine Infantino and Joe Giella. And The Day Magic Exposed Flash's Secret Identity, written by John Broom, art by Carmine Infantino and Joe Giella. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go! Welcome to the world of love and laughter, baby. Welcome to the sunshine of a brand new Inventor Ben Hatton creates a device which emits radiation, which causes the people of Central City to forget the Flash. Without the belief of the people, Flash begins to fade out of existence. Meanwhile, Flash is summoned to the Central City prison where he learns that Abracadabra has escaped by switching bodies with a 64th century police officer. Flash tracks down his foe at a magician's convention. Confused? Don't worry, I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. Don't forget me when I'm gone, or I'll cease to exist. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hey, it's yeah? uh, Flash number 163. Cool. Um, cover date August 1966, cover price 12 cents. Of course you knew all that, because you listened to the intro. 12 cents. An iconic cover mm. of the Flash magazine. Famously recreated by Alex Ross a few years ago yeah. for the DC Comics Presents event honoring the life of Julia Schwartz, who edited this very magazine. Oh, I see. Now that's why you sent that to me. Yes. Yes. Stop. Stop! Don't pass up this issue. My life depends on it. I wonder if this was before or after, certainly before the famous National Lampoon cover where they were holding a pistol to a puppy's head. And said, buy this magazine or we'll kill this puppy. Oh, my God. Uh, can I, may I ask you a question? Yes. Does Alex Ross do these in acrylics digitally? Did, um... uh, I. It's paint. It's actual paint. paint and brush. I don't know his medium, I would assume. Uh, it might be watercolor. I don't know. Well, That's I a good... Don't... Think it's water you don't color. know. I don't think it's water. Color. Well, that's a nice topic for you to research for next week and let us know about it. Oh, if you think you're going to give me homework, you've got another thing coming, mister. Also, 
I don't want to give anything away, but we do have a special guest coming we up next week. It's An actual the, like celebrity guest star. So, it's on the calendar. It's on the calendar. It's happening. Everything's falling into place. <sighs> what are Reader, we drinking this afternoon? Uh, I'm drinking black coffee with plenty of sludge in the bottom. You? I'm drinking coffee with cream. Oh. Mm. Does that mitigate the sludge? What's wrong with the sludge? It's I put it in the espresso maker. That's where oh, the sludge is. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm done anyway, so. Oh, it's delicious. Now I'll be wide awake. Reader, these are the facts. Never has the world's fastest human been in such a fix. His body weakened almost to the consistency of smoke or a cloud. His speed cut down to near zero. His very appearance rapidly changing and close to total disappearance. The famed monarch of motion learns that only you, his public, can help him. How? How? Well, read this gripping story and find out why we say... The The Flash Flash stakes his life on you. you. With a giant hand coming out of the letter Y on the word you to point to us, the reader. I could have done without the hand. Uh, There on the splash page... Uh, a bald man with a handlebar mustache. His name is Blowy P. Blowington. Well, that's not his name, but we'll find out his name in a minute. Uh, is blowing the flash into bits, and the flash is just like a pink wisp fog bank. You can see the what, little bit of a hand, a little bit of a face. Yes. yes. This. I like the art in this, by the way. Fellow, this issue. I do too. Mm-hmm. This fellow um, has a very mighty breath. Indeed. The way it looks on here. I would have used a leaf blower, but they didn't have leaf blowers back then, I suppose. Sure they did, didn't they? Back in the 60s? I would think so. They were probably gasoline-powered or Mm, something. Anyway, in Central City, a little girl is playing uh, by the... Well, the text says by the riverbank. It's It's clearly... It's the docks, like the seedy docks. Which will also It's come not back the to. seedy docks. It is too. Look in the background there. It's like a warehouse in the background or a house of ill repute. Okay. Um, Agree to disagree. Okay. Sob. It's important, reader. She drops her doll into the river and it floats away. She doesn't even have a name for it. She calls it Dolly. Dolly. Maybe that's its name. Oh, like Dolly Parton. Yes. Or I had an Aunt Dolly. Did you? Yes. Okay. I never met her. She died before I was born. Nonetheless. Mm. But her name was Dolly. D-O-L-L-Y-E. Dolly. <laughs> yes. Uh, the teary-eyed child watches her rag doll, her most prized possession, we read, carried away by the current. It means nothing. Also... No, I mean, that pri- most prized possession? Yeah. Means nothing to tell this girl's story. Also, there's no current at the edge of the river. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, it's possible that that could be carried away. You don't know what way, which way she's facing. You don't know if the current. I mean, it, let's just accept that it's possible. Yes. Uh, my argument is this is clearly not a river. It's the ocean, despite what the text says. Uh, Look at the girl's face um, in the bottom of the left panel, and the bottom right panel. It's two different humans. In fact, the bottom right panel doesn't even look like a human. It looks like an alien. Uh-huh. Leading you to believe that she was a villain of some kind when you read the story. Yes. Um, anyway. Which the would have made the story even more interesting. A little bit more interesting. The Flash appears, 
runs across the surface of the water as you know that he could do because he's so fast that he can run on water upheld merely by its surface tension and gives the doll back to the little girl. She thanks him profusely and says, I'll never forget you. Never, never, never. I wonder if he super speed shook it out before he gave it to her so it could be dry. I bet he did. Yeah. He's thoughtful that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, across town, another dramatic scene is being enacted. There's a scientist, the aforementioned bald wait, man. Wait, I just want to top left panel. Yeah. A moment in the life of the Flash and an unknown little girl. Um, does it have any significance? Let us proceed and we shall find out. That is all we know about the little girl. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Because my biggest problem with this story is what happens on the last page. I know. Thank you. Uh, So the man, the bald man with the handlebar mustache from the splash page. Lloyd P. Blowington. Has a cat up on a table. Cat's name is Jessica. Not that that's important. He is projecting some kind of ray down upon the cat. And uh, promises the cat it won't hurt her. She has three legs. I I know her fourth one's missing yeah. in the angle of the shot. But. So, pre- precisely three o'clock, his housekeeper comes in with his saucer of milk for Jessica. Mm-hmm. Which is a funny name for a cat, really. Isn't it? Yeah. Jessica the cat. Yeah. That's a very vixenish name, you know, to name a cat. You know, you need, usually name a cat something like, I don't know, something... Bootsy or fluffy or mitten. Streaky. Streaky is a good name. Um, So Mrs. Prentice, that's the housekeeper's name. We're getting a lot of name identification. Lots of names. Mrs. Prentice comes in with a saucer of milk for, uh, well, that's odd. (laughs) I don't know why I'm bothering you, Mr. Haddon, or what I'm doing here with this milk. Uh, I must have imagined you had a cat here, but... But where did I get such a ridiculous idea? You don't have a cat. You never had a cat, did you, Mr. Haddon? Of course not, Mrs. Prentice. If you'll excuse me, I'm very busy. So you see, reader, the ray that he was flashing down upon the cat was some form of radiation, uh, which makes people forget that the thing things, existed. That the thing existed. Now, this is what I don't understand. Because in the lab, he has to project the radiation onto the cat. Right. Thank you. But on the next page, what's happened is that he's somehow projected the radiation onto the rest of the city, making them forget the Flash. And he's been working on this technology for how many years? Ten years. Ten years. It took him ten years to perfect his strange radiation. So perhaps you, reader, can wait a few more pages for an explanation to this startling occurrence. I think it's a little presumptuous of the of the author to think that you know we're going to put the comic down at this point, you know. I don't get it. <laughs> They're not telling me exactly what I want to know. Ah, corn silk. <laughs> so the Flash, meanwhile, is racing to police headquarters. Yes, where he works. But before he changes back to his secret identity of Barry Allen, police scientist. He's going to stop by the front desk to see if there's any mail for the Flash, which apparently... (laughs) Is that something he does quite often? I don't know. I've never seen it before. Um, But apparently the front desk sergeant collects Flash's fan mail and requests for aid and things. So, hey, Sarge, any letters for me today? What is this? 
Okay. Was it somebody's, some society swells idea of a pop joke? I don't know what a pop joke is. A uh, uh, popular pop, joke? Popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. You uh, go on to whatever costume ball you came from, mister, before I run you in as a public nuisance. Oh, hello. Good gosh. Nobody remembers The Flash. Well, at least this sergeant doesn't. Mm. So uh, the sergeant tells him to beat it. Later, beat it, you. <laughs> outside... Uh, Flash sees someone he knows will recognize him. In fact, he'd better get ready for some fisticuffs because this is David Gulch. David Gulch swore, swore that when he got out of prison, he'd hunt high and low for the Flash and kill him. Uh-huh. For putting him in prison. Right. So David walks right by. David Gulch walks right by the Flash, not even at... I mean, you'd think he'd do a double take with a man in a skin-tight costume. Nope, nothing. Uh... Also, Flash notices that his arm is becoming transparent. Great Scott. Uh-oh. On impulse, he... Where did Great Scott come from? The exclamation, Great Scott. I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> uh, on impulse, the Scarlet Speeder Speedster heads for a friend in need. A Iris West. A friend in need is a friend indeed. Iris's offer, uh, office, as you know, she's a news hen for picture news. <laughs> Her office is right around the corner, and she he's got to talk it over with her. So he runs in and lays out the whole story and says, And Iris, no one seems to recognize me. Just a minute, mister. I don't allow strangers to call me Iris. Who are you? Even she I wonder how far know. he got into his story. I wonder how long... Like, he, it says, you know, in the newspaper office of Iris West, uh, fiancé of Barry Allen. Yes. He tells her everything, right? Right. And she, she cuts him off, I guess, at the end of the story and says, yeah. just a minute. I don't allow strangers to call me Iris. Who are you anyway? I think I would have led with that if he'd walked in in a costume and said, Iris, I need to talk to you. Well, she is a news hen. Maybe oh. she wanted to get all the facts it before she... her interest. Yeah. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. Um... She has, so I was unnecessarily being a little piggish about that. No, it's fine. That's okay. what you're here for. She has no idea what he's talking about. She's never seen or spoken to him before. Moreover, I don't know anyone or ever heard of anyone with a name like The Flash. Wow. Oh, look, he calls her Petty News Hen. Pretty, sorry, not Petty. Pretty. Pretty, pretty, pretty News Hen. I thought you were making up the word news No, hen. she's often described as a news hen. Wow. And men are news hounds. Uh... You know, I never thought of that. I guess that might be it. Yeah. News hounds and news hens. News hounds and, well, it's better than the female version of hound. A news bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Flash is dejected back outside. Look at him holding his head. Yeah. No use. Iris doesn't know me. She won't talk to me. She wouldn't even talk to me. It's as if the Flash never existed. He's holding his head going, what? Oh, and look, someone's walking a dachshund. In the comic. Yeah. Not outside our window. You remember... Same artist last week, Elongated Man story. Some a rich woman was walking a dachshund. Really? Yes. Oh, I wonder if that's like a shtick, like a Alfred Hitchcock thing, that he always puts a rich lady in a fur coat walking a dachshund. We'll have to pay attention to that. Yes. So he's walking down the street. He overhears a policeman getting a call about a robbery at 218 Hudson Street. Mm-hmm. So Flash takes off. By the time he gets there, he sees his reflection in a store window and realizes that now all of him 
is becoming transparent. And not only that, it's getting hard for him to run. Yeah. He's having a hard time holding himself together. This art, very, very cool. Yeah, so he's uh, drawn to look like just... I don't know. It looks sort of like fog, but also like electricity and also like flowing silk in the wind. Mm. Anyway, the thief is Mr. Haddon, who we've already been introduced to. Flash hasn't or been as introduced. Or I call him blowy people. Yes. Flash hasn't been introduced to him yet, but we, no. the reader, Mr. Haddon. exactly. So, by the way, Mr. Haddon has been working on his invention for how many years? Ten years. Ten years. Yep. Flash doesn't know who he is. Right. And yet, he, this man has been working on this invention for 10 years with one purpose in mind, to destroy the Flash right. and go live on an island and be rich. Right. Hmm. Which means that creates some problems with the timeline, because if Flash has been operating for 10 years, and he was already a police scientist when he got his powers, he's got to be pushing 35 and he's not married yet. Not married yet. Uh, yes, Kid Flash has been introduced. But, uh, yeah, I ha that's not possible. Mm. Because... Aren't you glad I got some sleep this afternoon? I'll say. So, Mr. Hedden has robbed the Zenith Loan Company. Mm -hmm. And he starts blowing on the foggy Flash. And blows him all the way back to his house. Yeah, I would be worried that he would dissipate him completely. Yeah. No. Well, Flash is, I think, concentrating awfully hard to keep his atomic cohesion together. He says he's as helpless as a soap bubble. Flash does have some control over the molecules of his body. That's how he vibrates through walls things, and things. Yes. yes. So, uh, so he blows Flash into his house, the Mr. Hatton's house, not the Flash's house to his laboratory, mm. and you'll never leave here alive because here and now, I'm going to finish you off. But before I end your career once and for all, Flash, I must tell you how it was done. Oh, and I also should introduce you to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ben Haddon, your arch enemy. I'm going to be the one that, that actually spells your, the end of your life. So the unique device that he perfected spread a certain radiation over the city. The effect was immediate. It erased all memory of you from the minds of the people. And since our own belief in ourselves, here's a problem. Since our own belief in ourselves is based on how others feel about us, you began at once to lose your identity. Problem. Yes, go on. Our own belief in ourselves. Belief in ourselves is based on how others feel about us. That is like false, false, and that is also years before codependent no more was ever published. Yes, but that would be textbook codependency. Yes, except that your dependency relies upon <laughs> all the rest all of the humanity. Rest of the uh huh. <laughs> That's stupid. That's like saying if, if a tree falls in the wood and no one is is there to, to hear it, did it fall? Right. Yes, it fell. It fell because the other trees saw it fall or felt it fall. No, it's if it falls if there's no one to hear it is there a sound? Yes, there's a sound. Of course there's a sound. <sighs> your contact with reality was shattered, Flash, because you're psychologically wounded. You began to fade away. Right now there's only one thing that's keeping you from disappearing altogether, the fact that only one person still believes in you, namely me. But uh... by this logic Santa Claus should exist because millions of children believe in him, right? Yes. By oh. that logic, 
God exists. God exists. Ergo. Uh, and if someone has a very small social circle. Right. And, and they all die. And they all die. That person also ceases to exist. Right. That's wrong. I wish you could make people cease to exist just by forgetting about them. <laughs> Who would you forget about? Well, Let's several see. political figures oh. that I won't name because we're uh, totally nonpartisan on okay. this show, Trump. Uh, but <laughs> he is about to rectify the situation because he's going to turn the radiation on himself. With that done, the last person in the city will have ceased to believe in you, and a short while afterward, you'll vanish completely and forever. Right. One final word. It might interest you to know that after you're gone, I'll be far, far away, living like a king. My plans are laid, and I'll be leave leaving here at once. Did he really need to destroy the Flash to do this? Uh, I guess it was... The money that he stole the from money. We don't ever have an explanation, do we, for why How he can he, get an island, hire, hire we'll see, hire uh, uh, armed men and own an island and live like a king. Did he do that from what he stole from the savings and loan? I mean, I've seen it's a good life, or it's a wonderful life. I'm sorry, it's a wonderful life. Right. There's not that much money in the savings and loan. But we don't ever have an explanation for why he hates the Flash. Or how he acquired enough money to live like a king on an island. And why well, I he has to eliminate the Flash. Right. I mean, I guess the, the he has to eliminate the Flash so that the Flash can't stop him from stealing the money. Maybe? He stole that much money from the savings and loan? This plan has been 10 years in the making? I, I don't know. Clearly written for a child. Well, yes, it was written for a child. Well spotted. <laughs> uh, the Flash has continued to fade, but he has not vanished completely as the minutes flow by. Um, suddenly, Flash remembers the little girl on the riverbank. I'll never forget you, Flash. Never, never, never. I like the um, the drawings of Flash on this page as he's walking. It makes me think like he's walking doing a jive or a hip-hop walk. You know? <laughs> You know, uh, it's like remember on Land of the Lost, season two, that alien creature that like existed half in and half out of phase. Not Enoch. Not Enoch. That's a sleigh stack. No, he was like a light creature, and he lived in the swamp, and he like you could see just like the outline of his body, but not the whole thing. Wow. No, I don't. Well, we'll because watch like, the DVDs tonight, and I'll show. Even you. as a child, I had a hard time sitting through the Land of the Lost. You. Leave my sight this very minute. That's the best television show that's ever been on television. Second to Little House of the Prairie. Thank you. Okay, okay third to Bewitched. Little House of the Prairie, Bewitched, Land of the Lost. I Dream of Genie wasn't bad. Mm, it took place in Florida. The performances weren't great well, compared to Bewitched. Okay. If we're going to go magic for magic. What is your favorite line from Bewitched? Favorite line? Yes, one that just make, makes you giggle inside when you think about it. Uh, do you have one? I don't. I don't know that I do. I love when Samantha says, "Oh my stars." <laughs> I love when Mrs. Stevens says, "I've got one of my oh, sick, sick headaches. headaches." Yes, that's a good one. <laughs> anyway, unnoticed, almost invisible, Flash makes his way laboriously back across town. That's a lot of work. One of the slowest humans alive now. He's a wisp of a wisp. He 
finds the little girl still at the river. I think Holding she, her dolly. It must be soaking wet. I think she lives there also. We'll come back to She's that. She's probably a river, a river wraith. River rat? Wraith? River wraith. What is that? It's like a you know a siren or a, or a water spirit. She's not real. Maybe it's Molly Malone. Ooh. Now her ghost wheels her barrow through streets broad and narrow, crying flash. I'll never forget you for saving my dolly. Um, he streams toward the child and, and realizes that the closer he gets to her, the more solid he becomes. Because his sense of self-worth is completely validated and depends upon this child believing in him. Yes. Not he, only his sense of self-worth, his physical being. Yes. After the Flash has gently explained his predicament to the girl and learned her name, which Probably is Alice... Uh, I think, Alice, my only hope now is to get more people to believe in me like you do. Really? Dolly and I will help you, Mr. Flash. Have you tried just clapping? That worked for Tinkerbell. <laughs> I do believe in Flash. I do believe in Flash. Soon, Flash also discovers that he still possesses super speed when in the presence of Alice. <laughs> so he's writing out hundreds of thousands of letters leaf hundreds and hundreds telling hundreds his story and appealing to the people to believe in me and making alice haul the stacks of leaflets down to the extra extra <laughs> read all about him flash not imaginary <laughs> um they head to the street corner and start passing out these pamphlets now can you imagine this kook in a full red bodysuit mm -hmm. and a little child mm -hmm. here you go here, folks, take a pamphlet. It'd be like going to Nobody's, L.A. Yeah. And seeing those costume characters. Yeah. A, a costume character that someone had made up that you didn't recognize right. at all. Like you had no no story association with. And the, and there's a child with them handing out posters for you to believe the story of that person. Right, right, right. To validate its existence so that that person could remain solid. So nobody's going to read the pamphlet oh, is what I'm no. saying. Except for the good-hearted people of Central City, take a look. Of course. And say, yeah, why not? Why not believe in the Flash? His story seems legit. <laughs> he sold me. I'm on his side. So no one, by the way, <laughs> who is who are making these affirm affirmative um, statements or yep. these affirmations. Yeah. Has a happy look on their face. Look at all of their faces. Yeah, very glum. Very no, that glum. one woman, the one side view woman. She's not. Oh, the one in the blue. Yeah. Okay. Yes, she does look happy. Yeah, but the rest of them very dour. They're like, sure, I guess I'll believe in the Flash. Um, and the now, Flash, Ace Detective, Police Scientist Flash goes into the basement of Mister Haddon. It wasn't that they didn't believe in the Flash. They just. Forgot. Forgot him. Right. So why didn't he hoist up Alice on his hip and race around the city and solve a crime and, like, have his debut all over again? Oh, he couldn't just... He, you know, he could have thrown her in a backpack. Like yeah. one of those child carriers mm -hmm. with the, with her legs and arms hanging out. Mm -hmm. like she'd be going at super speed, which would be pretty weird. She'd, like, her arms and legs would be out straight you know, in front of her as she's going backwards. It'd be so much fun. Although I don't know if her body could actually handle that. Well, as it happens, Flash's super speed aura will protect whoever he's carrying. Oh. Yeah. Oh, like Superman when he flies um, 
Lois, yeah. Lois and such. He wraps in this cape. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Um, after the Flash is... Oh, we read that part already. <sighs> Meanwhile, in Haddon's house, Flash is doing some police detective work, mm-hmm. which finds the sales receipt for his private island, an island in the South Pacific named Bora Baloo. Now... Bora Baloo, Bora Baloo. I know you do. That's why I'm singing it. Um, That's not the name of the song, but it's very close. He's adapting that. Um, Question? Yes, go ahead. From whom did he purchase the island that would that would produce a receipt? The government, perhaps. Government, or maybe he tricked the natives because you'll see in a moment that he's got all the natives working for him. So maybe he worked out some kind of a deal with the. I guess so. I'm, I'm going to believe government. that it was, a, it was a federated group of islands yes. that he purchased from the governing authority as a private island. Okay. Okay. Flash. It's just weird to you know have your sales receipt type for your island that you've purchased in a box, oh, in a filing cabinet in your basement. Well, uh, honestly, that was my mistake because it doesn't actually say a receipt; it just says records. According to these records. He bought an island in the deed. South Pacific. He left his deed to his <laughs> island back in his home. So Flash gets the latitude and longitude of Bora Baloo from an atlas and races across <laughs> the ocean. Meanwhile, Meanwhile uh, yes, Haddon is living like a king, literally. He's got a little wicker throne there and native girls bringing him fruity cocktails with umbrellas in. Say, Dr. Bomb. Yes, you and I have never, ever had an island vacation. I'm, is that something you might want to do someday? Uh, oh, Hawaii, is it? Yes, is it? Yeah, I don't. I'm not interested in like Bermuda or no, no. Caribbean islands or seems they're Sand always dolls or whatever. No, it is. no, no. or if they discover Atlantis, then I'll go there. <laughs> okay. Um, also, the men of the island have been hired as henchmen. Well armed with guns, ready to drive off anyone he doesn't want on the island. I suppose that's handy. Now, vaguely, in the back of Haddon's mind, he remembers someone called the Flash. So your radiation doesn't work. Hello. Yes, he's he's remembered him. He vaguely remembers the Flash, who was a threat to me. But I also have a vague recollection that it was I who finished him off. So again, your radiation doesn't work because you remember the Flash. Mm. Speaking of the Flash. Here he comes. Uh, racing onto the island, the gunmen are no use because they're shooting at his super speed after image. He rips a frond. This is your favorite flash trick, isn't it? He rips a frond off a palm tree and spins his arm at super speed and makes a little mini tornado. Listener, that tisk you just heard is my tongue and me rolling my eyes because I have a problem with this. I have a small problem with this. I could, I can actually except the idea of Flash circulating his arms so quickly that he creates a whirlwind and knocks them over. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time believing that he collects a palm, which he does. Yes. And that the palm actually is able to stand, withstand the force of turning that quickly to actually maintain its integrity. Again, Flash's super speed aura will protect whatever he's touching. The more you know... So Flash makes quick work, actually, I say the Wizard of Whiz. Wait, say that again. The Wizard of Whiz. We've had the Monarch of Motion, the Sultan of Speed, and now the Wizard of Whiz. 
What makes is W-H-I-Z? Is that a Quiz, like whiz, like you're whizzing quiz along. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, we get a nice diagram of Flash's foot disarming <laughs> Haddon and Flash's fist delivering the clincher. Kick punch. Later, with Hatton and his crew back in the United States and behind bars, a special TV program in Central City. And in the recent dramatic occurrence involving our renowned fellow citizen, The Flash, this station has learned that there was one person here who never did forget him, who remained steadfast through thick and thin. We have that person here in the studio today. Would you like to say something to our television audience, Alice? Dolly and I didn't do anything. We just helped our friend, The Flash. That's all. Later, in Iris West's apartment, I think this is what Dr. Husband was alluding to earlier. Mm -hmm. This child, whom we've seen no parents for, is now up in a strange lady's apartment. She hasn't changed clothes since this whole story began. She's still wearing that same green dress with the green socks, the black shoes, and and that little black raggedy little doll. Yeah. Um, and now it seems like Iris has become like a big sister or a foster mother or something because she's collecting gifts and money for little Alice. And she says, and due to that television program, Flash, money and gifts for Alice has started to pour in from all over. Her future education is assured. She won't... Assured? Assured? Yeah. Um, she won't be poor again. But we didn't know she was poor. Right. Other than that was an important she was fact. just sitting by the river playing with the She wasn't described doll. as a river waif. No. Or as a, as a poor child sitting no. by the river. No, it was a girl down by the riverfront who dropped her dolly in the water. That's it. Well, obviously, there are no parents around. to They just let their child go her play on the riverside. Her probably an old booze hound. Maybe. I bet her mother is a waitress in that wharfside restaurant uh, you know that must be it and the dad's long gone and so the girl oh, yeah. spends all of her time walking around the, the docks yeah yeah playing with her of prized course. possession of now her she's doll. in the apartment of iris the news hen the from news picture hen. news exactly complete stranger to her mm. uh, i don't think i trust this whole situation no it's it's not that i don't trust him i'm just uh, there's a, a shocking lack of a parrot or or the word some words to describe her Earlier on in the story, to establish her as poverty stricken, poverty stricken, yeah, perhaps a foster child, mm-hmm. or, you know, something. an orphan, an orphan. Yes. Well, then she wouldn't be allowed outdoors. If she was an orphan, she'd have to stay locked up. In she'd the... have to get a job, probably. Well, in the orphanage, yeah, she'd scrub laundry, floors, scrub mm-hmm. floors, yeah. Well, if you thought that was fun, wait till you see the next story. Because it's the return of an old flash foe that you probably didn't have any idea existed. Oh, God. Abracadabra, story. the super magician from the 64th century. You see, Rob, he just uses ordinary scientific things that exist in the 64th century, but to us rubes in the 20th century, it <laughs> seems like magic. Mm-hmm. Leave it to Abracadabra, super prestigitator from the 64th century what? to us. Prestigi- prestigitator. Prestigitator. Prestidigitator. There you go. Uh, that reminds me of when Zatanna was subtitled the princess of prestidigitation <laughs> prestidigitation yes that was an sat word if i remember back to back to high school that was one of the words i prepared for sat really for the SAT. what was your score oh we'll not talk about that <laughs> okay you know they don't have to take it anymore as you probably I know they keep doing that i don't know yeah 
Leave it to Abracadabra, super prestidigitator. Oh my gosh, you're Presti- leaving out prestidigitator. Presti- super prestidigitator from the 64th century to astound a meeting of fellow magicians in our own time with a trick no one would have believed possible. Namely, stripping off Flash's uniform to reveal the Scarlet Speedster's alter ego to the assemblage and to the world, how does the Wizard of Whiz meet this incredible challenge? For the tricky answer, delve right into... The, the day, day magic exposed, exposed Flash's secret identity. It's a long title. By the way, mm-hmm. when Flash was turning into fog in the last story, mm-hmm. why didn't he just take his costume off? Because Mr. Haddon didn't know that the Flash was Barry Allen, meaning that the city hadn't forgotten that Barry Allen existed. He could have just took his costume off and run around super fast as Barry Allen so fast that no one could see his face, and made quick work of Mr. Hatton, if you well, ask me. Sounds like something I would have said. I'm, I'm always surprised trying to find ways didn't. to completely undo the entire storyline. That was <laughs> I was sure that was even going to be how uh, the story resolved, was that he'd just take his mask off and be remembered. But oh. clearly, I wasn't writing the story this week. Uh, first, I... Whip off your uniform, Flash, we read on the splash page. Then I slow you down at this convention of magicians so that everyone can see your secret identity. And I guess that would be a bad thing if people saw his secret identity. Well, yes, as you know, if they knew his secret identity, criminals would come after his friends and loved ones, like news hen Iris West, or Professor Ira West, Iris's father, or Wallace West, Kid Flash. As police scientist, Barry Wait, Allen... I need to talk about the <laughs> outfit that this uh, 64th century policeman do you, do you wears. Know? Is this standard issue police wear? I was thinking about this when I saw this, this uniform. Yeah. And like the little little the piping and the and little uh-huh. pop, popped uh, yeah. s- shoulders, pads. Yeah. I thought they could have done better than this. And how far... We have come in our imagination of what the future looks like. It seems the future outfits are always used to be over dramatic angles, lots of extra things, something that somebody would see as superfluous. Yeah. Now, when we imagine future outfits, there might be new textures, but generally they're more understated. So we've got a golden helmet with a single wing sticking out of the center front of it. We've got a purple tunic with flared shoulders and a deep V open to his navel. Gold gloves, a gold gun holster belt, fishnet pants, (laughs) fishnet from the waist all the way down, Mm -hmm. and gold boots. It's fantastic. You think think it's fantastic? Yeah, I'm going to cosplay this at the next comic convention. I'll have to think a little about how to make the fishnet pants work because he doesn't seem to have anything on underneath. Leggings with fishnet on top. Maybe, maybe. Mm. Uh, As police scientist Barry Allen is busy with his usual tasks one day, an urgent police call for the Flash comes. Flash is wanted at once at state prison. So Flash releases his costume from his ring where it's always kept super compressed as you know rob and races down to prison knocking over (laughs) 
knocking over a pedestrian on the outside. Oh, that poor person. I guess that is a policeman. I didn't notice him before. Um, When the Sultan of Speed has whizzed to his destination, he hears that Abracadabra insists on seeing him. Mm -hmm. Now the warden warns him this could be a trick. But Flash is ready for any of Abracadabra's uh, yeah, magic tricks. Don't worry, Warden. I've been ready for this. I'll be ready for any of his tricks. I've had plenty of experience dealing with him. So, this is a little weird. How do you mean? Go ahead. So, Abracadabra, inside Abracadabra's cell, Abracadabra insists that he is not Abracadabra. Right, because remember Flash just said, I've had a lot of experience dealing with Abracadabra. Right. Um... And he called the Flash because he couldn't tell anyone else, because no one else would believe him. I only look like Abracadabra because a 64th century... Because Abracadabra switched places with this fellow who is a 64th century policeman who was assigned to come to the past and capture Abracadabra and take him back to the 64th century. So we're supposed to believe that this was a... Freaky Friday switcheroo. Yeah. Like, their consciousnesses exchanged. Right. Okay. All right, so that's 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 the thing that bothers me. It's like, the whole idea of, of consciousness exchange. Yeah. It's a really hard science to do. But I guess if you're from the 64th century, you could do that. Yeah. It's just like, they have, you just take a pill. Oh. Or slap somebody across the face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, this policeman's name is Slore DC. His special assignment was to investigate Abracadabra's mysterious disappearance, which had never been solved, when suddenly he received a weak but intelligible telepathic message from Abracadabra, Mm -hmm. who said he was ready to confess and give himself up. He wanted to return to the 64th century. DC is ordered into the past, editor's note, by this date, time travel had been well established in the future, in contrast to Abracadabra's first time traveling trip some years earlier. Hmm. Now, I have an issue because Abracadabra is from the 64th century. Mm-hmm. We know that in the Legion of Superheroes' time in the 30th century, mm-hmm. time travel is possible. Mm-hmm. We know that in the 25th century, home time of superhero Booster Gold, time travel is possible. Okay. We know that Iris West, fiancé of Barry Allen, was born in the 30th century. I don't know that, but okay. Well, a lot of those things I don't know if uh, had actually been... Oh, Booster Gold didn't exist yet. Um, okay. But certainly the Legion of Superheroes had frequent time travel. That's how they got Superboy and Supergirl to join their superhero club. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. So I'm surmising that there was probably another disaster, another machine takeover or something oh, in between the 30th and 64th century. God. You never know, Ron. Well, when will you know? In the 64th century. <laughs> I suppose so. So, Slordisi arrives in the present in Abracadabra's cell. Mm-hmm. Abracadabra smacks him across the face. Bitch slaps him. <laughs> and... When Slordisi wakes up, he realizes that he's trapped in Abracadabra's body. Um, There's some kind of 64th century control pack, which Abracadabra uses. So that must be a common thing that the police do, just switch minds with people. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how that would help them solve crimes, but... Maybe... No, because he's not talking about reading his mind. I don't know. I was thinking, like, maybe if you could switch minds to someone, you could see what 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 the what they did, what their motive was. No, because their mind would not be there anymore. It'd right. be in your body. Yeah. Um, Flash leaves this slower DC, supposedly, mm-hmm. in jail and races off to track down Abracadabra. And he suddenly remembers that an international convention of magicians... <laughs> Started today in Central City. Think of the luck. Oh, that's okay. Remember, um, early on in our podcast series, we had an international group Pol- of group policemen yes. that were captured, put into a train car, and taken to Jupiter. Deposited or on the surface Venus. of Venus. Yes. Rest in peace. Yes. Uh, the greatest magicians in the world are gathering right there in Central City to show each other their most sensational new tricks. How can... So many magicians with such tremendous egos all be in the same place at the same time. Well, you know, in Los Angeles, they have the Magic Castle where all the magicians go to show each other their tricks. It's a true thing. I was obsessed with it when I was little because they'd always have articles about it in Ranger Rick magazine and National Geographic for Kids and Dynamite. Tell me more. The Magic Castle in L.A., there's an, even an episode of Arrested Development about it where Job goes to the Magic Castle. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I just remembered something. What? My Grammy tutor used to give me subscriptions to National Geographic Kids Magazine. Uh-huh. I totally forgot about that. I used to love reading those. I love I think it was called National Geograph- World? Geographic World. Yeah. World. World, yes. Yes. Oh. And Ranger Rick was the best, too. Yes. Oh, what a fond memory that I hadn't thought about since I was a child. But nothing beat Dynamite. What's that? Dynamite was like People Magazine for kids. It'd have articles about all the hot stars. It wasn't like Tiger Beat. It was more like I don't actual... think I really... I, my sister's three years older than me, and I, I, I'm sure I would steal her Tiger Beat magazines and thumb through them to see what all the latest hot teenage idols were doing. Oh, I sure, pre-teen. I did Pre-teen. I was pre-teen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dynamite was very uh, entertainment focused, so you'd have a you know cover article about Lee Majors and Farrah Fawcett Majors, <laughs> what their day was like. <laughs> you'd see what upcoming TV shows were coming, and have little comics and things. Oh, it was the best! Mm. Sure enough, at this very moment in Convention Hall, on a stage lined with statues of the magical greats of yesteryear. Yeah. <laughs> This policeman, who's got the mind of Abracadabra, is standing on the stage. Fellow magicians, your attention, please. I've watched several of you perform. The less said about that, the better. What a bitchy thing to say, right? (laughs) What I'm about to show you will be the greatest stunt ever to take place before an audience. Listen, by a snap of my fingers, I shall strip the flash of his uniform Go on and expose his civilian identity underneath. Interested? <laughs> Ridiculous. Flash isn't even Flash here. Isn't here. You know, I, it's so interesting. It's like this man is going on stage in front of internationally famous ma- uh, magicians uh-huh. and is going to expose a superhero's identity. Yeah. Is that really, really, you know, worthy magic? I mean, I guess it would be noteworthy if The Flash's secret identity was a movie star or someone that everyone would recognize. Yes, like Clark Gable. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. But or Gary Cooper. I would dare to venture a guess that people who have flown to Central City from international destinations mm-hmm. would not recognize a police scientist. Right. They they, they recognize the flash. Who works then, by then himself theoretically, he strips off his uniform, and there stands Barry Allen, and they're like, mm, "Who's he? Who's, who's he? this guy?" I mean, I could see like why Bruce Wayne has to conceal his oh, identity. Sure. He's a billionaire. Or, or even Clark Kent. Although at this point he was not yet to a television reporter, so probably people wouldn't recognize mm-hmm. his face. So, so Flash rushes in. Slore DC with the mind of Abracadabra snaps his fingers, which makes Flash's uniform whip away from his body. Luckily, he has his civilian clothes on underneath. Mm. What? Okay. What? Dress pants, dress shirt, and tie, and everything else all underneath that Flash uniform? Well, yes, because it's made of super compressible material, so it flattens everything out. Okay. Um... So the uniform is gone, but Flash is still moving so fast, nobody can make out his features. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how the Earth 2 Flash kept his identity secret. His, you know, he just wore that tin pot in his head. But he would vibrate his face super fast, so nobody could get a clear view oh. or photograph or anything. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. The more you know, Rob. Flash tries to step up his rate of vibration to continue blurring his image, but now he's hit by a numbing force from Abracadabra, which is slowing, slowing him, him down. down. In another moment or two, I'll become clearly visible to the audience. There's only one chance. I've got to strip these costumes off of these mannequins of famous historical magicians <laughs> to conceal my identity. First up, Merlin the Magician. As everyone knows, he had long hair and a beard and wore a dunce cap with (laughs) stars and constellations (laughs) on it. Classic. Classic Merlin. Sixth century Britain pagan garb. Um, So Abracadabra has altered this force beam, whatever it is, so Flash cannot get close to Abracadabra. Mm Mm-hmm. There's only one more chance. I've got to work at super speed and don all of these costumes, one after the other, to confuse Abracadabra until I get an opening to attack. So the audience of of magicians is rising to its feet. It's, It's astounding. It seems as if all the magician figures have come to life. They've sprung to life simultaneously because, of course, Flash is... I don't know. Well, he's moving so fast that it looks like there's multiple of him because of the after images, but it's really just him moving so fast. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we've got who? Merlin. Um, I guess that's Aladdin in the turban, maybe. Uh, Cagliostro? Where is that? That's the next page. Yeah, Cagliostro. so Abracadabra b- was going to bring this little scene to an end by focusing the entire power from his control pack to knock you out with perfect timing while you're in this Cagliostro uniform. Guess what? It's an after image. You know what's weird? Let's just back up for a second. Yeah. 
He's donning all the uniforms. Does that include the facial wig, the the hair, the the? Yeah, the, that was his first. Yeah, the mustaches and yeah. the beards. Mm-hmm. What? I don't understand how he's doing that. With super speed. It's just costume pieces. Okay. And a little spirit gum. <laughs> and ripping off his face that quickly? Sure. Well, he could vibrate his face to just, oh, okay. you know. Because, you know, we've used spirit gum before in stage productions. Oh, that trust me. I've just... been on stage hundreds of times. That stuff does not just rip off your face that easily. The stupendous speedster blazing in with every last bit of his fantastic velocity has tricked Abracadabra and comes in for a knockout punch. The audience of magicians cheers it as the most amazing trick they've ever seen. K.O. Later... In an isolated spot near state prison, after the real Slordisi has regained his own body, the authorities have agreed, the Flash tells him, to let you take Abracadabra back to your own era for trial and punishment. Yes, it is only just that we should be responsible for him, Flash. It is only just, that's what he's saying, it is only just that we should be responsible for him, Flash, since he is of our time. But you needn't fear, we will make sure that he never returns to harass you in this 20th century again. Farewell, Flash. Well, I guess that's the last we've seen of Abracadabra. I doubt that. It's, you're absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. It's not. He'll be back again and again and again and again and again. Like Mixisplicnix. Mixiespitlik. That what you said. Prestidigitation. Mixiespitlik. is just like it's spelled. Mixiespitlik. Mixiespitlik. There's no sh sound. Mixiespitlik. Mixiespitlik. Mix. Mix. Yes. Yes. Hit. Pitlik. Pitlik. Mixiespitlik. Mixiespitlik. That's it. Good for you. Now, we've had a lot of fun today. But this is exactly, both of these stories are exactly the kinds of stories that I would have just been super jazzed about when I was eight years old. I was kind of jazzed about them today, even though I had the problem with the the child not being described as a, as a waif, as a poor thing until the very end. Well, and this second story. Was when you're story. a child reading about a child, you just assume that they're disadvantaged in some way. <laughs> because you were so disadvantaged. Because all children are disadvantaged. You never had to ask for... Sorry, you never had to want for anything as a child. Yes, I did. What did you want? I didn't have all the comics I wanted. Or the toys. Or or the the puppets. Man, they didn't have toys when I was a child. Sure they they, did. I mean, they had toys, obviously. They didn't have fantastic toys like these superhero 12-inch posable figures with cloth costumes and action figures from any movie you could imagine. Well, I don't... Every toy that you buy now is either a board game or some sort of horrible robotic thing that, that takes batteries and does things. I mean, for heaven's sakes, you can get Rudolph the Red-Nosed Ranger action figures now. If they had had that when I was a kid, I would never have gone to school or left the house or done anything. Didn't your mother get you the Wizard of Oz action figures? The Mego Wizard of Oz yeah. fashion dolls, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can try to call them action figures, but they were dolls. Okay. Yeah, those were fantastic. Okay. That was the highlight, the toy highlight, I mean, except for Star Wars, obviously. So when I was a kid, um, my toys were um, Star Wars action figures. Yeah. And Matchbox cars. Yep. And I actually had um, like a Hot Wheels track set. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. 
I used to play with that all the time. I love that. I, used to, um, I lost a lot of toys because we had a uh, we had a, um, a pond and a, and a stream in the back, mm-hmm. and so I lost a lot of toys in the stream. Sure. Um, and and then of course my because I had that natural setting, I would play with my uh, Star Wars action figures all the time by the by the stream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a brief uh, love affair with Star Wars, but I was uh, I aged out of that kind of quickly. Well, by aging out, what does what what does that mean? Well, know? like by the time the Empire Strikes Back came out, I wasn't interested in having the toys anymore. Oh my gosh! Well, but like the original line of toys, I was on the phone to J.C. Penney. Oh. On a daily basis, really? to ask if they had gotten any new action figures in for Star Wars action figures. Oh, I could you imagine being the person on the receiving end of that phone and call? And then my mother would drive me down to Westland Mall, J.C. Penney's, pick up some action figures and the Land Speeder and the X-wing. The well, do you know where we got the our Millennium action Falcon figures from? And the Death Star Space Station and the Cantina Band. Well, we couldn't afford all of those different playsets. We could we could afford the action figures and one playset. I had like the. Tatooine freaking cantina, whatever that yes. was called. That was it. I'm so sorry. That's fine. But um, I was going to tell you, do you know where we got our action figures from? Uh, Children's Palace. You really don't know? No. The Sears and Roebuck catalog that came out for Christmas. The Christmas oh. catalog. Oh. Yeah. yeah. We used to go through there and, and use markers and, and put like, we'd circle the things that we wanted. You uh-huh. Know? And then my mother would shop from there and give us our things. That's where I used to get my husky pants. My husky jeans. <laughs> I also wore husky jeans. Of course. Often with iron-on patches. Oh, if only I didn't have iron-on patches. Anyway, I wish I still had the Death Star Space Station to show you. We could play and play. It had a trash compactor and a cannon out the top and everything. I wanted the Millennium Falcon. Mm, I had it. You I had the Millennium Falcon? Yes, I certainly must have still had your it when we met. Your hateful mother, who I adore, and yes. uh, who's God rest her soul, your hateful mother must have thrown out so many valuable toys. No, I'm pretty Knowing sure. Knowing you, you probably didn't keep them in pristine order, did you? Pristine shape. Yeah, I did pretty much. If you'll let me finish my sentence, I'm certain I still had Millennium Falcon when we met. Because I clearly remember having Star Wars action figures when we met. I just remember you. Uh, what were those um, those smelly things? Um, those dolls that smelled <laughs> strawberry shortcake. Strawberry shortcake, and I bought those for my sister because yeah, I. But insist- why did you have them? Because I insisted that they had to be kept because I had spent my hard-earned money on them, and she showed no interest. But I kept buying them in the hopes that one day she would, <laughs> and then I had a complete set. Shut up. You boys up. can like things. Look at the brownies. Boys can like girl things. <laughs> Look <laughs> at the Mego Wizard of Oz dolls. Mm. Action figures. Mm. Anyway. Yes. This conversation is over. I'm sorry. We should have stopped it. I should have stopped it minutes ago. I'm going to go to the kitchen and try to forget you. <laughs> By burying my head in the refrigerator. Uh, you can find us on social media. At Go Go Check Pod. You can rate and review us on Apple. I know what do they call it now? Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. We're everywhere. So many podcasts out there. You can tell all your friends and you can join us here next week with our special guest. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Oh, and you can find out her husband on his own podcast. We had another celebrity guest. Liberally speaking. Yeah, liberally speaking. We had another celebrity guest. We did, Martin Gregg. Mm -hmm. And this is of that same caliber of guest. Absolutely. Yes. So be I sure can't believe tune it. In. I can't believe what, if we've taken this, like we've been able to do this as long as we have. I know. Right? Anyway, we'll be back next week. We can see if we can keep up our winning streak. Exactly. Bye. 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 Bye.